Hello and welcome to the 132nd episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and those that have made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Distoria by Tri-Coastal Games. Gentlemen, who are you Hello. and what do you do? Um, well, I'll start with uh, myself. I'm Daryl Wilson, and uh, I'm one half of Tri-Coastal Games. Uh, and uh, my, my main thing is uh, programming, music, and, uh, and artwork for the game. Wow. And with me here is Craig. I'll let him hey, introduce yeah. himself. Hi, I'm Craig Gerson, uh, the uh, co-founder of Tri-Coastal Games. And, yeah, I come up with uh, story ideas and um, 3D modeler. We work closely together. We're a two-man team, so yeah, there's a lot of crossover there. Yeah, we wear a lot of hats, so that's, that's uh, how we like it. It's quite impressive that you've got that uh, far spread of being able to create art and do the music as well. Uh, and uh, the, the story is quite an extraordinary experience that people need to see and, and, and have a go. It's awesome. I, I mean, I'm far too much time and fun with it, if that's possible. Um, but before we delve... Deep into that, uh, Craig and Daryl, I want to ask you, how did you make your start making games? Um, well, Craig has been interested in games, making games for, you know, since he was a little kid. Um, and that's that, that was a dream of his. It would have been a dream of mine had I had any inkling that it was actually achievable. Um, but uh, yeah, when, when we first met, he told me that he was uh, interested in making video games and he'd you know, he'd studied up on it. He knew about game engines and and uh, and three D modeling. He'd been doing for a while and and things like that. And I said, well, hey, that would be great. I'm a musician. I could make some music for your game. And and so we kind of struck it off. Um, so yeah, we we didn't know a lot going into it, but we you know we're we're quick learners, I guess. So uh, we we picked up a copy of Unity and um, started learning that from the bottom up. And uh, yeah, a few prototypes and lots of lots of play testing. Um, that kind of got us to where we were. We formed a company and became Tri-Coastal Games. Okay. I don't know if Craig wants to add anything there. <clears throat> yeah, as Daryl said, I've been, you know, trying to do this for a long time. And um, from the, you know, from the uh, the 3D modeling perspective anyway, and I would always run into program uh, problems with programming. So um, I've gone through a, a few different games that have, that just didn't get ever finished. And then, yeah. Finally, finally got one out, so that's great. Yeah, that's that's an impressive uh, story to tell because yes, I do say this on, on the show, and uh, you're gonna have to take a drink, everyone. But <laughs> uh, I do say it <laughs> often. But uh, uh, video game creation is a very destructive process, and this sounds really weird. But what I'm trying to say is that you develop prototypes and ideas for your game, and go, that's fun, no good for this game though. <laughs> And you just take yep. it and throw it out the window, <laughs> or put it, store it for somewhere, some other time. And yep. any any creative endeavor is actually quite destructive because, as a, as a creator myself, I just sort of like swathes of materials. Like, yeah, that's like when I'm writing, especially the first paragraph is rubbish. <laughs> it's just, yeah. 
gibberish. But um, <laughs> well, like they say, kill, you got to be willing to kill your babies, which yes, is you yes. know, a, a horrible thing. But it is. But, it's a horrible, but necessary phrase. in the artistic process. Yeah. Yes, and also when you leap, when you unleash it, un- unleash it onto the world, it no longer become yours. It's now mm-hmm. the world. So you have to understand that people will interpret your output differently, and that's good too, for the most mm. part. Um, so this is your first game, then. Look, have you done anything else prior to this? Uh, anything else game related? Yeah, you're seeing. Well, you know, just aside from, you know, prototype projects, and you know, one that we had actually worked through a fair, fairways, um, but we just decided the scope was we're getting way out of hand and too too much. Uh, we wanted to move on to something that we knew we could finish in in a couple of years, as opposed to you know like a decade with two guys plugging away at it. So, um, so the, yeah, we ended up uh, scrapping that one. But uh, but we were able to use some of the assets that we had created for for Distoria, so that it wasn't a complete waste, and it was a great learning experience. That's where we kind of cut our teeth with the whole, um, you know, conceptualizing and programming and and you know getting everything to work, learning the Unity engine and and that kind of thing. So I'm so, right in thinking you you were using the pairing of C Sharp and, and Unity to to do this. Is that right? Uh, yeah, some of it's in C sharp. Being an artist type, uh, programming does not come easily to me. So mm. while I do, I, I do know a bit of C sharp, and I understand I can read it better than I can write it for sure. But um, but yeah, I actually relied pretty heavily on visual scripting to to get this okay. game together. So okay, and that makes a lot more sense. And how did you? How long did that take you to to learn to develop that between the pair oh, of st- you? Is it five, six <laughs> years? Still, still learning. Of course you uh, are, no, but to become um, proficient enough to make this extraordinary game. Uh, I'm not saying that because you're on the show. I genuinely believe it is an extraordinary game. So um, wh- how, how how long did that take you to get that proficient? 2014. Yeah, we've, yeah. Been, we've been doing this since 2014. Uh, but we started just kind of dabbling in spare time. So I'd, I'd say okay. probably... Uh, yeah, I don't know. A couple of years, I, I I think, and there's still so much to learn. You know, I say that with great hesitation to say that, like, oh, now I know what I'm doing. You know, I mean, you're only ever just scratching the surface when it comes to to making games. I know, I know. It's just I, I mean, the other, the other thing I ask is sometimes when I ask that question, I have someone say, "Oh yeah, when I was about nine, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had this Commodore 64 and I sort of plugged away at it." And like, okay, and you know, you get you get people like that too. And well, you uh, know, actually, to to follow up on that though, I did actually have a VIC 20 when I was very young, yes. and we programmed in in whatever basic that had at the time. Yes, yes. and uh, you know, we hit the limits of that 8K RAM pretty hard. <laughs> 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 you know, oh, we, yeah. we we had a we had a 16k RAM expansion that was about the size of a VHS tape that you could plug into the back. 16k, and we thought we'd hit the lottery. That's true. right. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. We're never going to need any more memory than that, are you, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a bit of a retro gaming sort of fiend. Uh, I have a what I call a period PC. And this is a PC mm. that runs DOS seven. Wow. And it has um, six six hundred kilobytes of free memory. Those of you of a certain age knows what that means and how hard that was achieved to achieve. Uh, it does actually mean it can run anything if it's DOS. 
course. <laughs> right. But yes. Uh, yes, it's an extraordinary thing, and I would recommend anyone. I mean, yes, DOSBox has its uses, I grant you, but having a period PC that uh, it's kind of period, but it's it's like imagine if you spent four dollars, four thousand dollars on a PC back in nineteen ninety three. That's the kind of the spec it is. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. So wow. it's 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 ridiculously overpowered for its time, but it does it does the job ten tenfold. It has far too much yeah. memory, far too much hard disk space, but that means it's kind of limitless <laughs> for any for any DOS game you throw at it. It's like oh yeah, yeah. and it's got a, like a it's got an all sixty four sort of. Remember those the the, the uh, sound blaster. It's got yes. some massive. Yeah, creative. It's labs. huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, that was a game changer. It was like, wow, it's not just beeps and bloops <laughs> it anymore. Wasn't, no, that, it was the big thing. Mind blowing. It was. Yes, I remember playing uh, Wing Commander with that. Although I had an Amiga at the time uh, when it came out, I just oh, I, I played Wing Commander on the Amiga because that only came on four discs, not four hundred. <laughs> 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 oh but they were so beautiful though yeah they, they were they were the amigas were amazing but anyway we could go on about that but uh we won't um so okay well my next question and this question i've been trying to reform reform over the hundreds of shows i've done but i can't i can't do it because every time i try to it dilutes so i'm gonna go to it it's basically as creators what do you think you're influenced by what is your biggest oh, man. influence? <laughs> well, uh, I, th- this game is definitely influenced by the 80s. I think, it, you know, anybody that actually lived through that era. Yeah, it's the last Starfighter, isn't it? You know, they, <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Very, you know, I mean, we, we, we took that premise and then twisted it a little bit. Oh, yes, so, yes. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love that. I mean, how many times have you seen it, Craig? Oh, tons of times, yeah. I don't know, 30, 40 it's, it's times. It's one of the yeah. few sci-fi 80s films that just barely holds up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's um, yeah. There are other '80s films, sci-fi that really don't. <laughs> but that yeah, one, yeah. that one, yes, very true. Yes, we'll leave it. The ones that, there's one particular one that my friends wind me up about, um, but because uh, they mention it, I played Dungeons and Dragons with them, and uh, if they ever mention it, I go take five hit points. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. you, you can't mention that film. You know, don't don't mention that film. I get very angry. It's terrible. Uh, no, I'm not going to repeat it here, everyone. No, I'm not. Don't force me. Um, although it does feature a, a, a horses running on fire. Leave it at that. Um, so, yes, it does have. You definitely influenced by popular culture from a certain era. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's Tron like. Well, obviously, there's a. Yeah. You know, the art style is kind of borrowed from from Tron. You know, we can't sit around and pretend that like, oh, we invented this. Oh, no, no, we no. we we like it. It's a nod to Tron because we love that art style. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, I would say, you know, it has that six degree movement factor that you know a lot of people would immediately want to compare to a game like Descent. Um, but we've actually put our own twist on that as well. It, that it's not um, it's not six degrees of like complete going through space like you can just go any direction you want you're actually coupled to the floor but the floor could become the walls when you go up an edge or if you go over an edge you know your ship stays oriented to whatever the floor is below you so there is really no up or down um it's all it's all relative so um that makes for some pretty interesting navigation because you know instead of just seeing something and going there in a straight line you've got to figure out you know i've got to go up over around underneath uh, before you get there, so that's what you know makes Distoria fairly unique in that sense. Okay. Any, anything else? Do you think you're you're influenced by as as 
Because it's certainly definitely it definitely is a eighties to nineties sci fi film TV show feel to it, isn't there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course we're we're definitely just huge gamers, so we're a lot of arcade influence in this or our early uh, Nintendo Entertainment System mm-hmm. type of gameplay. Um, you know, enemies that are predictable but still are hard to you know, definitely you're going to get hit by them if you're not quick enough, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, we don't do a lot of handholding in the in this game, uh, which to some of the the I guess the younger gamers aren't used to that. The, you know, having to just actually try something to figure it out for yourself that can be a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, you have to actually explore. You have to try something. You have to you know figure out what weapons are better against what enemies and and that kind of stuff. We don't just outright tell you in the game. There's not a black and white tutorial that you know, you get forced through at the beginning. So that that's kind of old school as well. Yeah, there's been a bit of a renaissance for NES games thanks to the arrival of the NES Mini, uh, if you've got one, uh, which, I mean, I did because I pre-ordered it as soon as I heard about it. Like, oh, okay, well, that's going to be sold in about 20 seconds. I better pre-order that then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I missed out on that one. I'm still kind of bummed, but I do have an actual... NES. Yeah, yeah. So sort of, plugged into my compu- my my TV downstairs here, and and it gets fairly regular use. Yeah, so that's, I I yeah. I do have one as well, and uh, but the problem is uh, I I live in the UK, and I'm not sure if I say it's a problem. It's not a problem to live in the UK, but it is when it comes to video game consoles, um, because hmm. they're all running at fifteen percent slower because they have to push out a PAL signal, not an NTSC one. And PAL has more lines on the screen, and the NT- and the NES is not designed for that, so it says. I can't do this, so it it, right. it panics and <laughs> puts a black border around the screen, and then you, oh. yeah, and then you, everything's fifteen percent slower. So, <laughs> oh well, that oh. that is unfortunate. That that's heartbreaking. It is. Uh, um, anyone honestly, anyone yeah. seen Wave Race on the N sixty four is like, oh, it's a great fast game. What? No, no. It's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the uh, favourite story I like to tell, and again, another drink, everyone on, on list, regular listeners, is the fact that the when I listen to the music for Sonic, I I can't listen to it unless it's the PAL version, <laughs> which is the slow <laughs> jazz sort of like sort of you know relaxed jazz club version of you know it's not you know everyone's going oh Sonic's so fast. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's, wow, he's kind of strolling along, isn't he? Um, so yeah, it's the, if you listen, if you look it up on on the YouTube, the, the PAL version of Sonic, you'd know, be a gog like, oh my god! But this is what we had to put up with because they didn't code systems until the Dreamcast arrived for PAL. Believe You're it or not, wow. I, you know, I had no idea that. <laughs> That makes me sad. I, wow. I mean, yeah, and we really suffered really, really badly. All the games were Yeah, that, that, that's a rough childhood right there. Yeah. This is yeah. one of the reasons why I think consoles didn't really catch on in the UK or Europe because we were playing our own sixteen, our own computers. That's why the Amiga was so popular because it didn't suffer from this problem. That's why the ST right. was so popular because it didn't suffer from this problem. Uh, that's why the Spectrum and the C6, all those computers were so popular because they didn't suffer from this problem. Um, mm. So that's, you know, but there, there's a thing. And like I said, right up until even the PlayStation 2, even PlayStation 2 used to do it. Like, really? Wow. <laughs> 
My, I, th- I can't believe this is the first I've heard of that. That's, yeah, just look wow. it up. It's amazing. You see, way the most the worst crimes was um, to, when it reached its zenith. When people said, when when Europeans, we just push back and go, enough. If you fix this, or something bad's going to happen. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, basically, they it was uh, Ridge Racer Five. It's atrocious. It's atrocious. Mm. Which I like Ridge Racer. It's a, no, it's not a racing game. It's a weird puzzle game thing. But it's Ridge Racer 5. And another one was Ray Race 64. Was that, just, that was when Nintendo, when they said, stop it. Just, just stop it. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> and they went, okay, yeah. fine. Hands up. We won't do that again. Wow. I'm yeah. surprised it took so long. That's I know. Bad. I know. The Dream, Bressem, Sega, the Dreamcast went, here's a little switch that goes to 60 hertz. Ta da! <laughs> wow and that's all it took it's all, it took. A little... it's all, it's all, ah. it's all inside it was all software stuff but it's all they said you can we, if you're telly you can do this which every telly by then could they said yeah there we go. anyway let's move on to who do you most admire in the video game industry and why oh man that's a good question yeah <laughs> i know you don't want to hurt go. anyone's feelings but uh... <laughs> no go ahead I don't know. Um, I mean, it can be I, as a, a big company or a or person, or both. I don't mind. Yeah, I guess I was a huge Nintendo fan, mm. and you got to admire what they do with their first party, like uh, their first party titles. They've been able to keep that going. Yeah, like Mario, Zelda. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, it's a good answer. Yeah. It's a fantastic answer and a really valid one. Um, I've said that to people. I mean, it's very topical, especially today. <laughs> well, at the time yeah. of recording, everyone, yeah. this is when the Switch is being launched, so that's why I said that. Um, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, to see Zelda being given 10 out of 10, 30 years after the original game was released, was it 35 now? 32 yeah. years, 32 years, because it came out in 85. Like came out in 85, I think. Oh, I might be wrong. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's now 2017, so that's a 35, 30, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, you can't knock them for that. And no, absolutely. I think, in, like, I mean, as far as you know, fun factor goes for for games. I think you like Nintendo has done it right, probably more than any other company out there, in, in my opinion. But uh, you know, for for them to be able to put out a console that's got you know a lower uh, graphical capability or you know, they're always quirky in some weird way. When the Wii came out, everybody was criticizing it because it was, you know, it, it just didn't have the same horsepower. Same with the Wii U. But, I mean, undeniably, the games that they had were a ridiculous amount of fun. And it's, you know, they set the bar for like, it, well, graphics matter to some people. But when it comes to the fun factor, that the graphics aren't the deciding deal, you know. No. So, no. yeah, I, I really admire that. I they They're amazing at, at sorting that all out so. the pure craftsmen aren't they it's quite extraordinary and they sometimes they get it wrong but the end everyone does but most of the time sure. it's it's it is quite extraordinary what they put out there now what about mm-hmm. what about you daryl what have you got uh, if anyone particularly you go they should carry on what they're doing please that'd be great thanks <laughs> um you know what honestly i'm actually pretty new to the whole game industry. I, okay. I come from the music industry. All right. So I, you know, I'm not on a first name basis with a lot of, of people, you know, I, when people do the name dropping thing and, uh, Oh, you know, I just met so-and-so and, so and, so, and I, yeah. I smile and nod smile because and I nod. don't yeah. actually know yeah. them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess if, if there is a, can a be a company, right that's fine. 
Oh man, and anything I say would probably be be kind of dated. It, one of my favorite games. I know, like everybody loves to hate uh, Ubisoft right now, but Splinter Cell, Chaos Theory, Pandora Tomorrow. Those those were actually two of my favorite games ever, and they did so much right with those games in my my mind that you know that that was mind blowing. I, I still play those games now, you know, even though I've played through them a dozen times. Um, so yeah, back in the day, Ubisoft, I thought they could do no wrong with their Tom Clancy series and stuff yeah. like that. And then they had everyone uh, climbing towers. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, but but since then, I mean, I, honestly, I haven't actually even played uh, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed uh, or or just about any of their their new stuff. And and I see online all over the place, people are hating on Ubisoft. Oh, they're horrible people, and they're so mean to their. I, I don't. I don't see that. I still have a, a soft spot for them it's just because of you know, back in the Xbox, you know, the original Xbox days. I I had such a blast playing Splinter Cell. So yeah, cool. Okay, uh, last question. In the first half. Well done. Almost. Almost there. Almost there. It's like it's like a video game, and you get a boss monster halfway through, and then we <laughs> carry on. <laughs> um, but um, I have to ask this question because. We are a podcast about video games, therefore I have to ask it. The question is, what are you playing right now? Oh, man, that's like when someone asks you, like, tell me a joke. <laughs> brain, brain goes blank. Yeah. Uh, what am I playing right now? Rocket League. Oh, um, right, yes. Uh, Firewatch, just played through that. Oh, I really like that know, one. I went to uh, Boston last year. Um, I was going to a friend's. Uh, I mean, I go to Pax East, but that's not really Boston. That's happened to Pax East happens to be happening in Boston, and uh, I travelled by train across um, um, the um, yeah across the state to to um, Massachusetts. There you go to to get to his place and uh, sat there. And the train journey was not short, so I just sat there playing Firewatch during the whole journey. And uh, oh, nice. awesome. Awesome game, isn't it? It's uh, oh, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just there was, there was some disconnect. There were some story problems. I think there's some plot holes and didn't make. I mean, um, how did that person make that fence? But <laughs> no, don't ask those kind of questions. No, yeah, it was, you know, there were like suspension of disbelief. There were gaping plot holes. I had me scratching my head. That was made maybe go ah. But well, you know, yeah. I actually found with that game, I, I missed a few things because I wasn't looking in the right place. Right. And yeah. I, I played through it twice, actually, and I caught them the second time around. And then it was like, oh, OK, wait a minute. That actually makes a lot more sense now. So yeah. it, it was dumb of me because, I, you know, in that style of game, you need to explore. That's the whole point. And I kind of went linear, just like objective to objective, beat the game. And, and uh, you know, I, I you know, like an idiot, I just missed a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, the second time through, though picked it all up and and i actually really enjoyed it just as much the second time through so. yes it's a beautiful game beautiful game have you tried everyone's gone to the rapture yet no that's on my list yeah. though um i'm a little bit behind i mean, no, I mean we spend right. time making yeah, games yeah, I know you do, yeah. uh, instead of playing them and, and i'm cheap so i wait till <laughs> stuff goes on a little bit of a sale yeah so i actually just played through you know another game in similar style is uh, gone home that's a couple oh, of years yeah back that's now, but. glorious that is i uh it's a lovely part where it tries to scare you and like, what are you doing? It's not that kind of game. We move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And another of- one is the the Talus principle. I've been really enjoying oh. that one. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Craig? What's, what's occupying your time when uh, when you're not working away in Destoria? Oh, 
yeah, these days it's hard for me to get gaming time in. I have, you know, babies in diapers mm. and uh, yeah, brand new one so that's, going, that's going the, through that. But um, so that's just you playing I did Fleas watch a lot, isn't it? Just relentlessly <laughs> playing Fleas <laughs> on your phone. Yeah, so but you, you saying? Yeah, I did. Uh, actually, I was there when Daryl played through Firewatch the second time, and I really I watched him play. I really enjoyed it. I was amazed at that game to actually the way that, the way it was written and everything. To, your mind just went everywhere. You just didn't know where they were going, and the way it ended was not at all how I thought it would end. But it gave me that. It kind of gave me that stand by me moment from the '80s, and I was just like floored with. I just felt good at the end. I felt like yeah, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I have that game. I'm trying to find time to play it on my own, and um, yeah, the, I mean, other game I played uh, the Journey Down point-and-click game on iOS and PC. That mm-hmm. I, I do like those kind of old-school point-and-click games. Yeah, yeah, my only worry about them is that when they turn into Hunt the Pixel, but um, they don't do that anymore. Right. They're very... They're smart now, uh, the developers and yeah. designers, and they got away... I mean, there's a history of point-and-click adventures where they imploded in on themselves in the mid-'90s, I think it was, during... There was one particular game that's infamous called The Cat Hair incident are you familiar with this no, well, no, you, no. You, there was no way of figuring out this clue it was in it was ridiculous and but you had to disguise yourself by getting some some sticky tape and then placing it on a cat and then put the cat put that hair on your, <laughs> your face and then you could get past it was just absurd and it's at that point yeah. they all knew that um pointy click adventures had jumped the shark they, they, they've done it. Yeah. They have jumped the shark. We're done. <laughs> the whole, yeah. the whole... you, you can go too far. We yeah. found out. We found the limit yeah. right there. That was the limit. And they went, no one could have figured it out. It was dumb. It was bad. And everyone went, okay, mm-hmm. this genre is dead. Let's go play yeah. Yeah. Baldur's Gate instead. And that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say, um, I another game that I've been playing recently is uh, Quern, Undying Thoughts. Um and that's that's just from a brand new developer. It's very mist-like. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, I do not know. That um, no. Yeah, Quern. Quern. Because um, yeah, Q U E R N. When, when I think mist, there's two things that happens in my brain. First of all, I go, what? Like the witness? No, Chris, the way around. Sorry, never mind. And then the other thing is, I go, no, not not myth, not myth, Chris. That's the bungee game. Sorry, not that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which was which was freaking awesome by the way. I actually preferred Myth over Mist because uh, Myth was yeah, but that was a weird sort of squad RTS game that was really hard. Uh, but mm. uh, yes. Um you, that sounds okay, I'll have to dig that one out. Let's You should check it out. These guys for their first time developers, kinda okay. like us. Um they just it's a beautiful game. Like uh, it looks uh, beautiful, the puzzles are phenomenal, like they're just very well thought out. It's there's no tricky stuff that's like you know, oh, you forgot to turn over that one rock that looks like every other rock. You know, none of that kind of stuff. It's all laid out very clearly right in front of you, and it's up to you to just solve these puzzles, and it all makes very clear, logical sense. Uh, very satisfying to play. I haven't finished it yet. I'm actually looking forward to getting the rest of the way through that one. I will get them on the show. <laughs> you should. Yes. And tell them, tell them I sent you. They have no idea who I am. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's the name of the game again? Okay, I'm, I'm Quern. Quern. Could you sp- I'm going to pull it up. No, this is Q U E R N. Q U E R N. Okay. Okay. I've written it down now. I will check it out and then reach out to them. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, no so, 
that's the end of the first half yay okay we're now going we made it yeah we made it but now it's down now it gets really tricky because <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I now delve deep yeah, I have uh, five questions for you on okay. this story first question isn't really a question it's a zeroth question because it's just uh, giving you a chance to pitch what is Distoria okay I should be really well rehearsed on this by now but uh, I always feel like I'm making it up as I go um, uh, it is a six axis shooter with uh, an 80s kind of vibe and uh, Tron style visuals and uh, what sets it apart is is the the movement mechanic is very unique in that you are attached to the floor or the walls or the ceiling or whatever your your ship happens to be skimming over. Whether even your enemies, you can just roll right over your enemies and drop bombs on their heads. Uh, so it is. It's got puzzle elements in that regard. That you know, getting from place to place is a bit of a trick to navigate. Uh, it's also a shooter. There's lots of enemies to to blow up, and you collect their pieces to earn new ships. Uh, you can also collect other things to earn weapons and progress your way through the game. Uh, anything you want to add, Craig? It, it really, you need to see it. to it, It's a very hard game to explain. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I would add is uh, the, the soundtrack is amazing. It's And it's actually all done in-house by Daryl. So, yeah, oh, definitely a, <laughs> a, a nod to Synthwave from the 80s. And, it, yeah, you need to, you cannot play the game on mute with no music. You just, you can't. No, that's horrible. You can't do that. Or any other alternate soundtrack. Do you remember they did that on the Xbox 360? Oh, you can have your own soundtrack. Why? Why? Okay. <laughs> why Why would you? Okay. Let's, let's yeah. just, you know, it, it, I, I did it sometimes, but it didn't really feel right. It felt like I was insulting the creators of the game. But well, and, um, you know, They've engineered the whole experience, and you're just cutting out like a major part of the, the sensory yeah. experience and replacing it with something completely unrelated. It just, yeah, you know, it, it, I see that on Twitch all the time too. They'll just take a game play some like death metal over top of it and it, yeah, it's like oh uh okay yeah, yeah facepalm yeah, yeah facepalm yeah. time but um no it's a brilliant description and i have been going back to it over and over i mean i'm deeply into other games i'm playing the warhammer game at the moment for the total war warhammer game and it's quite deep and complex and i'm finding that this story is a nice palate cleanser for that experience so thanks mm. for that because uh, like I'm fed up with throwing orcs at other orcs. Let's um, I know. Let's 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 let's, let's, let's fly some spaceships on a, on a weird cube thing. Like, so I'm going to ask you this then, because one thing that struck me, I found it quite disorientating initially. Um, mm-hmm. But I just want to know where did the idea of having a little ship roll around uh, or a small object with its own center of gravity? very simple center of gravity. Um, how did that come about? Um, well, I can't tell you where the actual idea came from. 
I can just tell you where I got it. And okay. that was from, from my friend Jay. And uh, he's an ideas guy. And uh, when we were getting into game development, he had all these great ideas. And he just said, well, hey, man, imagine a game where you just, wh- whichever surface you're on, that's the way the whole map is oriented. And he had to explain it to me several times before I kind of clicked. And so then we prototyped it and thought, oh, I think we're onto something here because you could take a really simple looking shape. And uh, as soon as you're on in kind of in first person or third person behind the ship uh, navigating around the whole the whole thing changes every time you flip over an edge. And that just allowed for some really interesting creative designs. So uh, that's that's where that came from. We just, you know, I stole it from my friend Jay. We credited him at the, at the end, though. So the, the closest thing I can equate to is Mario Galaxy. And a little, a little bit like that, a little bit, a little bit, a little it's, it's bit. Different. It is different though, in that your little spaceship blowing things up, as opposed to a little plumber. Uh, and right. And and the view doesn't work anyway because the you're actually on that you're on Mario you're seeing it from very sh- far away, relatively speaking. Whereas the camera on the uh, the story is right behind your ship. Uh, and uh, you are just sort mm. of rolling around the the, the, the thing, uh, and yeah. uh, one of the things I find extraordinary, and I'm going to sort of lead into my next question, is that um, for me, whenever I enter a first level, I stop, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then I just flip out the whole, and I just spend a good two or three minutes, maybe just rotating the map, seeing what I can find. <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely. how I mean, discovering secrets basically is what I'm alluding to, everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's a very key part, in my opinion. That's one thing that keeps me coming back for more is discovering new stuff. Um, how difficult has it been to design these levels that can be completed in so many different ways? Uh, yeah, so right away, um, we discovered that pretty quickly. We are, you know, our first, uh, instinct was to design these really elaborate you know levels that like uh, have lost lots of twists and turns and all over the place and then you get into the game and you realize man i have no clue where i am and this is (laughs) this is very frustrating so yeah it was a huge balancing act to to pull off um level design that still you know could could kind of guide the player and not be impossible but still ramp up like our our whole game is about progression by the end it gets harder uh we feel that's a way to be to get more satisfaction from playing mm-hmm. um get the enemies you know there's a lot more enemies near the end all that so yeah it was it was a huge balancing i, I think we did pretty good at it but yeah one of the tricky things was that when you you know it's block based and in the editor we we do build it out of out of blocks and the different shapes and, uh, and it's very tempting when you're looking at it from an outside view to make every level symmetrical. You know, that just feels right from an outside. But then when you're inside the level, if it's symmetrical, everything looks the same. Whichever way you go, you can't tell if you've been there before. So, you know, we had to, you know, rethink how we do that and make sure that we put landmarks and different shapes and make everything as unique as possible from from one end to the other. Uh, you know, just, just to be fair to the player and not just, you know, rely on confusing the heck out of them for, for the sake of you know, making them uh, run around in circles. So, so yeah, definitely there was a lot of iteration that went into the levels. Yeah, one of the things I noticed is how you used colour uh, for mm-hmm. navigation. This is how I used it anyway. You may think it was a bad idea, but I see I use 
um, certain different sort of shapes or maybe pieces of glass where you can blow up with little bombs. Like, well, I haven't blown that one up yet. I will do in a minute or if I need to. But I know that's there because it's there relative to that thing. So I'll go right. around there instead. So you just use them as anchor points, as, as markers. And um, so what you can do in the game, obviously, let the audience know, is you can, you can zoom out and see the whole map, can't you, pretty much? Mm-hmm, yep. And uh, there's one of my favourite things is finding out how to get from one bit to the other because sometimes they're not connected, are they? Right. Yeah. There's uh, there's warp portals or I, I, what do we call them? Transporter. I, you know, it's not really warping. It's just launching your ship from one platform to another. Mm. Um, but yeah, sometimes those are hidden underneath blocks that you have to blow up or, you know, you've got to find a sneaky way in around and then there, there you'll find it. You know, we try to place as many visual cues that say there's a way to get there if you look hard enough. Um, and it, yeah, we try to make that optional, too, though. So that, like for the completionists or the real explorers, if they want to find all that stuff, it it's definitely doable but if you want to just plow through grab the orbs and get to the end of the game you can also do that so yeah although i haven't really found much satisfaction doing that i am constantly going no i, I haven't got all the things why don't i get all, why don't i get all the ship upgrades no 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 oh, we, we love watching speedrunners and stuff like that too you know i mean give, give them a reason to to just plow through so, yeah, yeah. so it's a bit of both you can do do either so so ship upgrades are a requirement, in my opinion, of Storia. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you found balancing the challenge of each level as the player bolts yet more add-ons to their ship? Um, well, we, we throw more enemies in. When you've got more weapons, there's more enemies. Or when, Not when you've got more weapons, sorry. The higher levels have more enemies, and therefore you will need better weapons. Like they, It really does make a difference if you've got missiles, and especially actually one, one that we don't see people using very much is the homing missiles. Everybody hates the little gnats, the ones that fly over and zap you with electricity. Yes. Everybody hates those guys, and, and that's understandable, but uh, clearly we've missed some communication in helping people find the, uh, the homing missiles. Because with the touch of a button, boom, you can dispatch those little guys, and they're no longer quite such an annoyance. No, it's um, fire and forget. Like, oh, forget. Go away. No, let us move on. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but I, I mean, in, in reading a lot of the reviews for Distoria lately, we've just seen people go, ah, those little buggers that, that zap you. And they, you know, you can't shoot them because your ship only fires straight forward. Yeah. Um, so unless they're right in front of you, unless you coax them down to your plane, uh, they're, they're really hard to, to, to kill. I'm sure you found that. But uh, but we have provided ways in, in the game through different weapons and upgrades that uh, we thought people would pick up on a little quicker. So now we're just kind of giving it out like, Seriously, just just buy that. that and then... <laughs> that's that's what you need before you go to that level. You need to get that upgrade. But I don't want right. lasers. We... Shut up. Just get that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just start putting advertisements in the game or yes, something like yes. that. You know what? You need homing missiles. <laughs> Scrolling bill- billboards like what's that? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that would be quite funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, it's uh, yeah, it's this all leads me on to my my final question. I don't know. All good things come to an end, but uh, mm. uh, and this game, this game is an arcade game in its purest sense. I believe it's definitely harking back to that era of uh, no, we're not going to lean you by the by the nose. You're going to play this like it's our type and just figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Our type's one of my favourite sort of lefty righty shooters, as I call them. There's up and downy <laughs> and lefty righty. So it's Ikaruga is up and downy, <laughs> and and uh, our type lefty right, at least for the most part. Um, 
I know it changes. Shut up. Um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. No, no. <laughs> uh, initially, it is. Uh, whatever. Anyway, there's a huge alliance on players having a good sense of 3D spatial awareness. So, but what do you think is the one thing that the players should do before they commence uh, delving into a, a level? What's the what, one playing tip would you advise, apart from buying home missiles, of course? Uh, I would say, I, I mean, maybe Craig would have a different suggestion, but I would say um, take your time, look around. Uh, I see a lot of people having trouble, you know, watching YouTube videos. If you're like a full speed ahead, foot on the gas, no brakes, uh, you will flip over edges. You'll run into stuff. It'll disorient you because it, it can move very, very quickly. Uh, but there's really no no reason to uh, unless you're trying to, you know, beat some time score, which which you can do as well. But, you know, really, if you just take a look around, um, it, it's far easier. And I feel more satisfying to actually, you know, get to the end of the level. It, but, but yeah, if you're if you plow headlong in without any second thought, you'll you'll get lost more than you know, than the people who take their time. So that that's my suggestion. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I agree with Daryl. Definitely. Um, yeah, as you upgrade your weapons, maybe it it would be a little bit easier for that strategy to just go right into the swarm of enemies. But to be honest, um, you more than likely will die. So <laughs> it, it's a game of uh, cover, a game, you know, you have to use your brain. You have to, you know, you're not going to be able to take every enemy out from a distance and you don't have to, but you know, that's part of the game. We've mm-hmm. had people say, oh, thank you for letting us, you know, take that guy out way across the map. I yeah, mean, you can play the sniper a bit if you want. You can. Um, yeah, and then it's a game of progression. So by the end, if you've done, if you've taken your time, you've grabbed the Nucleons, you've killed as many enemies as you can, you're going to have the best ship, you're going to have, you know, the best weapons, and you're going to feel pretty badass. And and that's what we were trying to pull off. So, mm-hmm. And use bombs. Bombs are fun. You can drop them right on your enemy's head. You could go. You can climb on one of those big crabby guys. Stick it on his back and take off and just let him blow up. It's yeah, that's my favorite way to kill enemies in the game. Anyway, wow, so. I've never done that. Oh, you got to try it out. Well, I'm gonna have to try that out. I've never done that. That's awesome. <laughs> I never thought you could do that. I thought they're only for one thing: blowing up glass. Oh yeah. See, we got to maybe we got to update some of the instructions. In <laughs> yes, the game there. See, that, that's that lack of hand holding thing. If you discovered that for yourself, though, you'd be like, oh, I can blow them up. <laughs> so. Exactly. I mean, it's that's what called harking back to that. Uh, older sort of Nez way of uh, thinking of doing things like here's a screen hmm. here's a little character oh look it's a giant tentacle thing it's about each of our face go 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 like yes yeah. and then you know you have to play that over and over again because that's how games were designed <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, you know there's there's sensibilities now and people go no I, I need I need a little 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 clue I'm a busy person <laughs> that kind of thing you know like, I've got stuff yeah. to do you know like yes um, but uh no, I mean, that's why I asked you that question. When it comes to arcade games, I think I get a lot more, I don't know, texture from the developers when they start going, well, if I was playing this game, and lot, objectively, because I'm, I'm encouraged you to think about the game objectively. Of course, you're, mm-hmm. like, you haven't been already, but really think about, well, if you sat down, sat, sat someone down and go, okay, and you, like you say, you just described, take your time, have a look because you can get disorientated. And the one thing we haven't mentioned is it is possible to become detached from objects. Yes. 
<laughs> oh god, that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I love that it. You know that it, it's funny watching that happen to players, and it's like this terrifying experience. You know, but you know, on the same hand, they're they're saying, "Oh, I wish I could fly around. I wish I could fly around." But then, if they if they actually become detached. You see the panic. Oh, no, I got to get back. Oh, how do I get back? Oh, no. You know, and it's funny. It's like, well, you're in a spaceship. You, you, you can fly occasionally. Like, you know, we wanted people to, to break the game in that sense, like just to see where they would actually yeah. you know, go with that. It's, there, there, uh, were, there were times when I found myself deliberately doing it to actually get onto a certain ledge on another platform. And that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, just like I'm just gonna go. This is like you know, you look like you're going to a a forced stall. That's what I equated <laughs> to. That you're like on a plane, an airplane where they do a full stall. It feel, right. feel, feels like that, a controlled stall where you're going. Mm-hmm. I'm actually gonna land on that. But am I gonna do this if I launch myself into the abyss? Right, three, two, one, off I go. <laughs> and then he, just, you know, and, then, and that's fine, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's some bits where there's moving platforms, and that was really. That's, I mean, like, I'm very early on. I don't want to spoil it for anyone because it gets really crazy later on. But yeah, the moving platforms and stuff. It's all good, really good stuff. Um, and there's a lot of depth here. There's a lot, a lot of content, everyone. There's a lot of content. And I can only congratulate the both of you for making so much. I mean, it's not just the levels. You can also upgrade your ship. And the actual mm-hmm. ship itself, you can change as well. This is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm glad you're glad you're enjoying it. That's no, awesome. it's just so much. I love that. It's just the. Uh, I'm a big explorer. I'm an explorer player. I mean, the only reason I played WoW is to see everything, and I stopped playing not because I got bored, because I'd seen everything. <laughs> <laughs> that must have taken a while. It wow. did. I was a raider. Yes. The only reason I was raiding, not for all the gear. No, the gear was a means to an end. It was mm-hmm. just so I could see, you know, the Black Temple. That was it. <laughs> oh, I've seen it all now. <laughs> okay, we're done. My character was a, a glowing Belisha beacon of glowiness. It was just like, <laughs> it had things that were glowing that were glowing as well. It was just like, oh, it's ridiculous. And like, okay, I'm, I think I'm done now. <laughs> you found the end of WoW. That's I found the end of WoW. But this, is, this is Burning Crusade, so it's, it, lots happened since then. But at the time, I was like, I finished all the content. I and I was a priest as well, so I was leading from the back. Not a good idea. Leading raids <laughs> as a priest is not a good idea, everyone. Don't do it. Anyway. <laughs> Could that be said for real life as well? Yes, pretty I mean, much, yeah. You're just yeah. a heel bot. Thankless. <laughs> I spent my time playing whack-a-mole with little green bars. It's horrible. Anyway, <laughs> on that very strange note, I uh, wish you, both of you, the very best of luck with this story. It's a... Uh, an excellent game. More people should play it, and uh, it's. Oh, we uh, agree. It's uh, yes, of course. Uh, and uh, I, um, whatever next project you come on uh, along, more than welcome to come back and chat about it. Well, I certainly hope we get the opportunity to to do that. We'd love to chat again, and yeah, I can say it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Yes, I hope. Yeah, you, definitely. I, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. It's not the it's not the average run of the mill show. That's why I do it. So um, again, Daryl. Craig, thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Chris. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. 
And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer who listen to this show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Also, don't forget to check out the Computer Game Show, which is the stablemate podcast, shall we say, of spong.com. Bye!